0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org.
1: Good morning, guys. It's good to be with all of you. I'm just so excited to share um, part of our series, 10 Stories. We're, if you haven't been here for all of it or any of it, it's just a look at the parables, the stories that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke. And what we're looking at in those is we're we're searching for the the role and the movement of the Holy Spirit, because we know that the Holy Spirit didn't just begin at Pentecost when he fell on the disciples. The Holy Spirit has always been part of who God is, and we know that he's working through the words that Jesus spoke to us. So we want to, as we read our passage for today, we just want to look... For the Holy Spirit and listen for what he's saying because really um, the words I could say all the words I could think of but if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak the words to your heart then it won't have any impact so that's that's what we're really listening for so we don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit or about Jesus like they're off somewhere else okay the Holy Spirit is here with us and we acknowledge his presence and we want to listen to him so And that's a safeguard, too, for you in case I say something that's totally off the wall. You'll be having a dialogue with Jesus in your heart, and you'll be like, "Uh, I don't know. And you can test that for yourself, and that way everybody will stay safe, right? Um, We're going to read today from Luke chapter 13, if you guys want to turn there. Luke 13, 18 is where we're going to start. But before we do that, let me... Let me just pray and and commit this to the Lord. I'm feeling, I've been telling people, I'm I'm feeling the weight this morning of like, of talking about the words of Jesus. You know, Jesus, God in the flesh was here and he spoke and I'm like presuming to talk about those words. So I just, I really need the Holy Spirit's help that I would say things that handle the word faithfully. And um, so yeah, let's just pray and ask God to speak to each of us. Holy Spirit, we we welcome you to this place. We know that you're here with us. And God, I invite you to be speaking back and forth with each person that's here as I'm talking, that the words I'm saying that are of you, that you would put your fire on those and that they would burn their way deep into where they're supposed to go. God, I pray that if I say anything that's not of you, that it will just fly right out the doors. We want to find you in your word, and we want to become uh, faithful bringers and partakers in your kingdom, and we just ask that you would speak and that you'd be glorified here today, in Jesus' name. All right, so Luke chapter 13, we're only going to read two verses today, although we'll we'll hit on others as we go, but... Luke 13:18 and 19. Then Jesus asked, "What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to?" It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree and the birds of the air perched in its branches. In case you zoned out the first time, here's one more. It's easy to do. Listen to Jesus as a real person saying this stuff. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Something that I love about Jesus is that he consistently throughout the stories that we read of him, he is so not concerned with his own marketing. Or, you know, he he didn't say the trendiest thing. He didn't say, you know, what would optimize him for Google searches. He was picking, he was... Looking for words to describe his kingdom, and what he landed on was a mustard seed. The mustard seed kingdom—that's what we're a part of. And you know that's such a that's such a striking and unexpected choice. If you just imagine if like Jesus was preaching, it's so hard for us to take because we've all like heard these words before. If you've been in church for a while. Like, oh yeah, mustard seed. Okay, I know this one. But like, just imagine if you were following this dynamic minister, and all of a sudden he's preaching to you, and he's like, "The kingdom of God is like," and you're ready for like a surging army or a crashing wave, and he's like, "The kingdom of God is like mustard." <laughs> and <laughs> it's just—it's <laughs> crazy to think about what that must have been like for the people who were there. They were probably looking at him like. What is that? And so, it's almost like the only place we can begin today is to talk about why why would you pick a mustard seed? If you were advertising and proclaiming your own kingdom to the world, because Jesus is the head of the kingdom, why would you pick this picture? Mustard seed. Basically, we're going to talk about a lot of things that that picture can mean throughout this whole message, but one that I just want to say right off the bat is that the mustard seed it, it checks our motives. Jesus was always throwing out things that were like motivation checks for the people that were following him. Um, whether they just came because they heard that he could feed everybody for free or they came because they thought he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and lead them into a new golden age for Israel. He had a different thing in mind, and he was always saying things that would just check people that were that were coming for that reason. This is not a this is not a military conquest. This is not a like surging onrush of overwhelming power. This is a little seed. Um, if you've seen a mustard seed before, I mean they they make like fancy mustard now that still has like the seeds in it. If you ever I don't know. Anyway it's really small, like the smallest bead that you could ever string on a piece of thread it's like that size and so <laughs> this thing is uh, I guarantee there were a bunch of people in Jesus' audience and this is not what they were looking to hear this is, this is not the message they came to hear and maybe you or maybe even I'm in that position today, like this isn't maybe the message that we want to hear but there is life in this for us I'm really excited about it, and I just hope that you hear it. That's why I want you to dialogue with the Holy Spirit as I'm talking, because there is life in this message for us, even though it's like mustard. And it's a little, um, it's a little hard to get our heads around at first, but I think there's a lot in it for us. But it's important that it's a motive check, because he wants us to know right off the bat that uh, this story he's telling is not about us. We so tend to make everything about us. And you can easily see how a a well-meaning pastor might turn the mustard seed into like a self-help thing. It's like even though you might start from like a small beginning, you know, God will make you into a great tree and everything's like, go get them, you know. But he doesn't say that the seed is you. He said, what is the kingdom of God like? So it's important that it's not about us. This is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a seed. And and it's like a seed both in the large and the small scale applications. It's a, as far as in the kingdom's worldwide expansion, it's something that started with the living seed, Jesus. He's talked about as the the, the sprout that came up from the root of David. You know, so it's about the kingdom on a large scale, but it's also about the kingdom on a small scale in the daily inbreaking of God's kingdom into our lives through simple things that might seem small. So let's let's just go through this verse and see what this whole picture, what the mustard seed kingdom is about. So, Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? And, it's funny because this is, this is Jesus, you know, God, God in the flesh. And he is wanting to describe his kingdom, but because he took on our humanity, now he's limited by using words. I love words, and I think you can make words do all sorts of amazing things. But, it's a it's a theme throughout the Bible, and you've probably experienced it in your life that the divine defies description. It always does. There are not words that do it justice, and so like you get Ezekiel in the Old Testament, and he's seeing this amazing vision that God gave him a seraphim, and he's like, well, they uh, they had a lot of eyes and wings, and there was like a wheel inside another wheel covered with eyes. And we're just kind of like, okay, man, you know? (laughs) That only gets us like a small bit closer to understanding what it was that Ezekiel actually saw because there were no like words adequate to describe the vision that he was experiencing. Same thing with John in Revelation. You can almost hear him like stumbling over it. It's like it was sort of like a rainbow made out of emeralds, but in a circle over a glass sea that looked like bronze. All right, <laughs> you know, and that's that's the problem that always comes to us when we try to define, like, define or describe things that are divine or supernatural in their nature. We find that words can't do it, and like Jesus Himself, He's like, "What is it like? What am I going to compare this to?" You know, and uh, it's important. Jesus realized better than maybe we do that no analogy for the kingdom is going to be 100% sufficient. Um, This isn't the only time he said the kingdom of God is like in the Bible. There are plenty of others. In fact, several of the parables we've already read have started out with that. You know, the kingdom of God is like a man who sowed seed in a field or um, like a woman who lost a coin or, you know, all sorts of things like that. He was given pictures. And it wasn't meant to be the only picture, but it was showing like a specific aspect or a specific facet he just knew that words were not going to be enough to cover the kingdom on their own. So, so we don't want to take any analogy or anything that we read and like press it too far. We don't want to like twist it and like poke it and prod it to make it say what we want. We're looking for what Jesus was actually saying, like what part of His kingdom He was getting at, explaining to us. And that's a place, you know, looking for the Holy Spirit. In his story, it's like we need wisdom in order to do that. And wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. Right? Do you guys, see, you guys see the connection? So Paul in Ephesians prayed that we would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. That's the Holy Spirit. If you read that verse in your Bible, you'll see a capital S, Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Wisdom. Um man, and you don't have to turn here, but let me just read to you from uh, First Corinthians real quick this is this is what the spirit can do for us, and this is why we want to listen to him while we listen to w- whatever anyone is saying not not just like right now or in church, but um, Paul says uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him see that it's like it 's beyond description but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And he goes on to say, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. So the mustard seed is a spiritual truth in spiritual words. And so no amount of good human explanation is going to get you there. You need the Holy Spirit's wisdom to understand what God is doing. And um, I can't give you that, but I am praying right now, Holy Spirit, would you open our ears to hear it and give us the wisdom that we need to receive what you have for us in this. So, mustard. How fitting for Cleveland, right? The home of the best mustard around. Whether you're a fan of Burtman's or the original stadium mustard, it's, we're not about division here. Besides, they're pretty much the same thing. Okay, let's just... And if you don't know what they are, you need to try them. It doesn't matter which one. They're both good. The... It kind of it makes me laugh to talk about it, you know, because as I'm reading and studying, pastors have been, you know, bending over backwards, folding themselves in half, trying to find significance in the mustard for as long as this parable has been around. Um, you don't have to read long, you know, people are like, to find someone who's like, well, it's the smallest of all the seeds. It's not. Uh, it's a seed. It's small. It's not the smallest. Okay. They were like, oh, but it's the biggest of the garden trees. No, not really. It's, a lot of times it's more of a bush. Um, it can grow really big, though. Some people were like, well, it's not supposed to grow big, but this one grew big, so it's a miracle mustard. And it's a mustard miracle. <laughs> and, I mean, maybe. I don't know, though. I think, I think maybe that's, like, just the thing that, like, Jesus was going for, honestly. It's like, you can read a million different things about this, but to me it just suggests that it's something, everybody knows what it is. It's it's common. It's everyday. Mustard. <laughs> and maybe that's not as exciting um, as maybe we would want. It's not glamorous. a mustard seed. But it's kind of like us, right? In that way. Most of us are... Not glamorous or like the biggest or smallest or most or least of anything. We are just children. Just children of God. And despite the fact that we don't have much claim on superlatives of any kind, Jesus cares about us. That's what I read in here. Jesus cares individually about the small things. He cares about the common, everyday things. And in fact, like, isn't that comforting that it's, a, it's just a common, everyday plant? This thing can happen anywhere. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It can grow in many different areas. It can grow in anybody's garden that wants to plant one. And, and, it, can, and it can happen Everywhere. this is maybe reading, you know, so again, ask the Holy Spirit. This is maybe reading my thing into it. But there's no, like, one tree that could ever, like, begin to comprehend all that God's kingdom is. But he's given us a picture of something that can happen anywhere. Anybody can plant this. So if it can happen anywhere, it can happen everywhere. There can be mustard trees sprouting up all over. And the kingdom of God could be like that. And people could find rest in the branches. So even though it's even though it seems common and everyday to know that God cares about those things and that he sees them is really powerful and important. Mustard is just like any other seed, but let's not let that lose, make us lose sight of how amazing seeds are. If we didn't see it every single day, it would be the most shocking thing imaginable. You put this tiny little thing that's dead in the ground, and a plant pops up in a little bit. Like if you didn't already know, that's what happened. Like think of it as a child, you know. Like there's like those little uh, beans that you can plant in cups, and it like sprouts in like a day, and the kids are like, "What? How could it be?" <laughs> that's that's what's happening here. It's it's that. It's that. That's what the seed is. They operate invisibly to us underneath the soil and in ways that we don't even understand. Nobody can make a seed that can grow a plant. It's unbelievable. And it's just easy to lose sight of that in things that we see every day. Like, if you had never seen a harvest, you would think that planting was the most ridiculous thing you could ever do. And if you had never seen a life changed by Jesus, you might think that sharing the gospel is the most ridiculous thing you could ever do. It's just words. What a weird story. Somebody came and died. But that one little thing has the power, through the Holy Spirit's work to pop to life. It's amazing I. When I was uh, getting ready for today, I came across a sermon on the mustard seed by one of the greatest preachers ever, uh, a guy by the name of Charles Spurgeon, and it's really so good that I almost just didn't write anything down and just want to read it to you, because it, like, I don't know what I can really, like, add to that. Um, You can, it's free online, you can read it, it's called The Mustard Seed, it's by Charles Spurgeon, it's really good. And so much of what I'm saying here is, like, influenced by it. You'll, you'll see that if you read it. So I don't want to, like, take credit that's not mine. But um, he said he's the one that likened the, the seed, the mustard seed, going in the ground to the gospel. So powerful. He said, if you want the kingdom, you had better plant the gospel and nothing along with it. And I was man... That's so powerful because we, we want to make, oh man, we want to make the gospel not a mustard seed, don't we? We want to make it an amazing seed, or we want to like wrap it in foil and make it shiny seed. But if you wrap a seed in foil and plant it, it's not going to grow. So we don't want to, we don't want to make. The gospel is something it isn't. Like, it is good news. It's amazing. It's the miracle of life coming from a dead seed. But we don't want to plant anything else with it. The, <laughs> in the... In the spirit of planting the gospel and nothing else... Let me just tell you if you've never heard, or, or remind you if you have, what it is. That long ago, our ancestors chose to ran away, run away from God, and they introduced sin into the world like a mutation that's been passed on to the rest of us ever since but in the, in the fullness of time at exactly the right time, God himself sent his son to the world to take the penalty of all the sins from them to us and through into the future so that we could go back into fellowship with God and live the life we were meant to live of blessing and life. And have forgiveness and free communion with the God of the world. That's the seed. And man, I just want to give you guys a chance to respond to the seed. If you if you are, like, responding to that message in your heart, because some of us maybe didn't get the real seed when we got the message, or we got a seed that, you know, God works through so many different things. So if you got the good seed and a bad seed next to it, he might let them both grow up, and then get rid of the bad one later, okay, and keep the good. So, but that's the gospel, and that that gospel has the power to save and change lives. And so, if that isn't exciting to you, just ask the Holy Spirit to make it exciting to you. It. The miracle of life, oh, it's unbelievable! Like I, I again, like words are not—they're not working for you know. I just I can't ever give you the words for what they are, but the Holy Spirit can release that in your heart. So I'm asking that He would do that now. And if you've never responded to the gospel, you can just pray a prayer like what Tammy led us in earlier. Like all you have, all it takes is Jesus. I believe that you are who He said you are—that you died and rose again so that I would not only be forgiven of my sins, but be released into the life that you have for me. And I'm saying, Jesus, you're the Lord of everything, and you decide where it goes from here. Um, Man, if you do that today, just come and talk to one of us. And like, if you already know this, and it's like old hat for you, I pray that it would be exciting for you again, because this is the thing that has the power to change lives. that we'd be so taken with the love of God and sending all of this to us that, that like we couldn't even help but share it. Like as we do in Cleveland, we got the best mustard around, you got to try it. And, The seed doesn't look special, but it has the power of life in it. I almost feel like there's almost no need to like move on from that. But I, I wanna, I wanna see a couple more things about the seed here. The next part of the verse says that it, uh, so it's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. And I I think that it's like inescapable that Jesus was meaning to, when he used a seed as an analogy that he knew everybody would know that you have to plant a seed. It has to be planted. And the same thing with the kingdom of God. It has to be planted. So God sent Jesus to plant the seed for the kingdom at large, but he's given us this gospel, he's given us the seed to put in the ground on a day the day-to-day basis, the personal and, and like small scale inbreaking of the kingdom. And each one of us has a garden to plant the seed in. Do you guys ever think of your life that way? I uh, this is it's really convicting to me because a lot I like I I don't even know why I'm up here sharing this with you because I am so... I struggle with seeing my life in that way. I am, like, task-oriented. So if I'm in the grocery store, I have a grocery list. And I'm looking at the list or I'm looking at the shelf. List, shelf. Um, meanwhile, there are people all around. And... It's like you have a person and you have a grocery list. It's easy when you're just talking about it to see which one of those is significant and which one really isn't, right? But at the time, it's just really easy to, like, be oblivious to the garden that you're walking through. So I'm asking God in my life, and I'm asking for you, too, that he would reveal to me the garden around me that any, any place around I have this seed that's the kingdom of god and it i can plant this in places are you are you like that do you sometimes value your own comfort and safety over the kingdom but it's not how we have to be. That's the easy way. It's the way we're taught by the world, but God can open our eyes to a whole different way. And it just helps to think of it. Maybe that garden picture will be useful for you. Gardens are in rows. Aldi is in rows. Giant Eagle is in rows. Just as you walk the rows, think about the seed. So, as you see in your life as a garden, it's easy to get overwhelmed in that. I realize it. I do it too because I'm like, okay, I have to seed, seed, seed. i like, I don't know if I, it's like, I don't know if I can do it. But just to take the pressure off um, of you, the seed. You know, you you might think you have to do all of this, but uh, none of us know. How to make seeds work. We just know how to plant them. And seed has been designed to grow. Some of it is just that we don't see the seed that we have as alive. We don't think it's going to grow. Like you would think that like a tomato that you plant is going to grow. More tomatoes. But the seed was designed to grow. That's what God made it to do. So if you can just get it into the soil, into the good soil, it can grow miraculously but it always grows in ways that we can't create or control you can't make the seed grow you can't talk it into life it just it either grows or it doesn't you can do what with a seed that you plant you can water it and you can pray that it will comes up and that's about it no matter how great of a gardener you are but the holy spirit is the spark of life. And if we know that he's active in the hearts of every person around us, then we can start to believe that the seed we throw, or in this, you know, the sower was throwing seed. This is like planting. It's like taking something purposeful and sticking it in a place where you think it's going to be good. And if we start to believe that the Holy Spirit can bring that to life, even if it's just little and seems insignificant at the time, we can see it grow. So I'm talking about growing and a garden. I wanted to have my wife share a story uh, that happened with her recently that's about this. So could you come up and could you guys welcome my wife, Liz? Hello, magic.
0: a um, syndrome of classification of blood vessels, blood clots, and skin necrosis. Um, it's seen mostly in patients with chronic kidney disease that are on dialysis and uh, end stage kidney disease. Um, and it results in chronic, non healing wounds and is usually fatal. Um, and it just says, you know, has a very dismal prognosis. Aid. Mortality rate, right? and even worse when you have these ulcers that develop from it. Um, so uh, the patient, she had this, and it was, was very bad. Um, like, she definitely, I mean, it starts out with like these. but usually not. Um, and it's just wound care and and pain control. And so she was, um, on the, was part of the palliative care. Palliative care was following her. Um, oftentimes she'd be admitted for these wounds, uh, and just maintenance and pain control. She'd be on pain pumps. Um trying to make her comfortable basically. So I was in there and just a long time Wound care is such a painful thing—just um, cleaning wounds and and covering them—and it was a really long process because it was just so painful for her. Um, and I do remember praying for her um, and just praying for healing and, and praying for pain relief. Really and it was like the, God's presence was there, but it didn't seem like really anything happened. <laughs> like you know, she was still so in was still there, all of that. Um, but yeah, so we prayed in and, and God's presence was, was definitely there. Um, so fast forward to now, um, I was working last Sunday, and it was the end of shift, like, and um, just like, I don't know, I, I'm sure it was too. but everyone was just talking about just doing stuff, like cooking up, and all these conversations happening, and I'm just like, I just want to go home. Like, <laughs> I'm texting Beth, like, I'm just ready. I'm waiting for the foot nurse to come over with me. Like, I just want to go. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to like interject with all of this. And, um, and then I was overhearing one of my coworkers giving a report um, to another nurse, saying, you know, this patient that I had like in the winter was back. She was just there for something smaller, like, and she was there with an observation status, so just a short stay, and how she used to have cast up the lactose in these wounds, but didn't anymore. And I said, to here. And I was like, is that really, like, she really just said that. So after I reported I go I was like, Q, like, is this what you said? Like, it, like, she was kind it. Of, she was like, yeah, I know, but like, she was kind it. And I was like, that's, I was just like, that is amazing. Like, that's a miracle. That doesn't happen. Like yeah. I was like, God, doesn't happen. I've seen this disease before. Um, I and it's just yeah, and I was just like, what? She's like, yeah, she's down the hall or whatever. You can go see her. You want. I was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> go see her. Um, so I'm going down the hall and I like, like hey, like I'm going to see Keisha, Like, it's gone. That's gone. Um, and so I go in the room and it. It was even like the same room that she was in before where we just spent like so much time like, with her room. Um, and I went in and I was like, you should like, I feel you cool. Know, oh, and she was like, yeah, like, it's, it's gone. Um, and I was like that I meeting mean, that just, and I just looked at her and I. Just, shows me her leg and it's gone and I healed and just scars and it was like it really was like seeing Jesus risen like and and I believe like that's what that is today. For us to see Jesus risen like this is it, you know what I mean? Like this is why he came and he died and he rose again. He didn't just die. <laughs> he rose again and he, he lives in all of us and, and this is our call like, it's not just my call like this is our call. Um, and I'm looking in her eyes, and it's just like seeing the face of Christ, you know. Like she's just so alive, <laughs> and, and I was just, oh my goodness, like this is a miracle. And I'm just telling. She's like, and now I'm in. Like she's still in dialysis and things, but she's um, like, and now, like just, I'm sharing. I'm like, I'm telling people there. Like, I'm praying for people in dialysis. And, um, I'm sharing this my testimony like God healed me. And, and I'm praying for people with these wounds and I'm uh, telling them that like, God can heal. And it's just so good, <laughs> it's so good. Um, this is, when I left, you know, I spent you know, some time with things and then went back up to the nurse's station. And I was just crying so hard and like telling everyone like this is amazing, like you realize. And um, then my brother had told me about it um, and I was like, she said, "Why I didn't pray for her too, like I've been praying for her and stuff." And I was like, "That's awesome." And I was like, "Well, she's like, like she's healed." She goes, "Yeah, but you know, like God healed her. Like, I didn't heal her." And I was like, "No, you like Jesus in you healed her, and, and that's what you have to do. Like, and that's what you're doing. It's so good, and I just like I keep doing it. Like, wow. that is powerful. You know, I think sometimes I this is how I was taught too, where like you just." never, it's not me, and it, it's, it's not, this kind of part. It. Like, it is. like, it's Jesus in me, it is Jesus, but, like, Jesus is not here physically anymore, and Jesus is inside each of us, and that's, um, and that's how we're supposed to carry this through, and carry it forward, um, and so I was like, yes, it's Jesus in you, and, and she's healed now, and that's amazing, and, and you had a part of that, and. Then I talked to another nurse and I had to give her a report. Um, and I'm just crying and I'm like, did you hear? And she said, yeah. And, um, and she told me too that you know she had had this patient in the past and um, and the patient was telling her, like, um, you know they said, I said, I'm I'm just I'm going to die. Like, it's this is it. Like, like it was just gonna progress and going to die. And this nurse had said, you know, that that's what they said, like only God knows your story. Like, you have to remember, like, only God knows your story. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Like, that it's so good. I was like, you have to keep doing that, you know? It was just so encouraging. And that one, like, I don't know. I just went from, like, a discouraging time of work to, like, just so encouraging and seeing like, it, you know, the power that we have. And, and um, and it's just, I, I have been asking God, like, I, I pray for a lot of my patients and you've um, got so good and like a lot of times you know their pain lessens or it goes away and um, most of the time it's pain or like I can see the presence of God there and um, but I've been asking God for like something that like I've been asking him for two things one I want to see um, addicts like free in a second like in the moment that I pray for them it's just a huge thing. Like it's so many people are addicted. and I just want to see that. And then the other thing was was this, like seeing something that is incurable, incurable, um, that that is like a fatal thing and I want to see healing. Like I've heard the stories too, like we're hearing now, but like I wanted to hear it and to see it for myself. Um, and I just I just believe I got answered that and I had been wondering like why I was asking God for that because like, it's just a selfish thing but um, after asking like I, I see now that it's, it is it's to increase my faith and to keep going because sometimes you know you, you pray for someone and you don't like what happened like you didn't necessarily see something happen and I think that is was like answering my prayer that like, he let me see her later like healed um, and I think or that might happen, but we just don't know it, and it's just so important to just keep doing it. Like, keep praying for people and keep planting the seeds. Because you just don't know, and like you don't know who else is coming along the way, too, and doing it. I and mean, if you are just watering it and you plant it. and I didn't know if I planted that, but whatever. Um, yeah, so it's just, it, it, it was encouraging. And that night, specifically, like, I was, I had prayed to for a pigeon with Crohn's disease. And, something that's you know not curable or um, uh, <laughs> and then I was giving that patient to the nurse who prepared for the other woman so it was just like just a picture of how that works you know um, like she's coming along after like you she's gonna you know, have a part of that too and, and growing it and
1: <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> oh, Jesus is good. Do you see that, though? Like, she sees the hospital as her garden now. What could be better? you got an endless supply of sick people. But that's that's becoming a garden. That's like... That's like life from non-life. It's the seed springing to life. You know, she didn't preach the gospel to this lady, who it turns out is already a believer, but she lived the gospel. She, the gospel is in her. She's like, there, Jesus came to bring life. And whenever you put your hand to somebody and pray, it's like you're believing in the kingdom. You know, it might. it's not fancy. She prayed and nothing happened. Mustard seed. But then something happened. (laughs) It grew. And, oh, man, that's just such a picture of all that this is. Like, just to make that practical for you, like, the the preaching of the kingdom goes many ways. It can be lived. It can be taught. But the seed is the same. The life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, it gets in there. And then the Spirit sparks, and now it's alive. And now instead of talking about like hookup culture on the nursing floor, now we have a three-member prayer coalition of nurses and a lady who's giving testimony and dialysis to other kidney failure patients. It just, man. Um. <laughs> I'm going to put this down. Before I break it, the the last part of the the verse, and I'll just I'll just hit this quickly, because it says uh, that the the kingdom is like a seed; it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. And uh, I read. I read two dramatically different interpretations of that that last part of the verse, and I'm going to share them both with you right now. Um, First of all, a lot of people see this as like the kingdom of God is a blessing to everyone. Whether you happen to be part of the tree or not, everyone is blessed by the birds that, you know, the birds that come and rest in the branches are blessed by it. The farmer that planted the seed didn't mean to bless the birds, but he was just trying to grow some mustard, but... Other people are blessed by it. You know, in Psalm 84, it talks about how even the sparrows find a place to build their nests at the altar of the Lord. And it's like that same sort of picture. Um, There's an Old Testament picture of the nation of Israel as a tree where the other nations would come and and rest in and be blessed. Um, So... So there's definitely a way that the kingdom of God is a blessing to all, and that's not to say that you know everybody gets saved regardless of what they believe, okay? Because right after, in the next section, the very the very following verses, Jesus is talking about the narrow door and how people are going to try to get in and not be able to, and like more sobering. But but in some way, this kingdom when it is released is a blessing to all, and the people that rest in the branches maybe they learn to be open to the seed when it comes to them. On the total other side of the spectrum, some people hear the birds of the air in this passage, and they think of the same birds of the air that were in the parable of the sower, which we did a couple weeks ago, and they're like, well, those are the birds that come and snatch up the seed and eat it, and it doesn't grow, right? Um... like an infiltration of evil and they like build their nest on the branches, the good thing, and make it bad. And, okay, so, you can think about like which one of those like you are more inclined to believe, but, I mean, I feel like it's pretty likely that a bit of both of those things are true. I don't want to say what Jesus meant, but isn't that just how every good thing happens with us because we're people and we're not perfect? The good And the bad, a lot of times, grow up together. And whenever a really good thing happens, Satan is there trying to steal things. But God is not super concerned that all the best we're capable of is a mixed bag. He still offers us a part in it. In fact, there's another parable of Jesus where it's about, another one about seeds. And in it, there's like wheat and weeds coming up in the same field. You guys remember this one? And the people are like, well, we got to get rid of the weeds. And Jesus is like, no, don't, don't worry about taking the weeds out of the wheat. I'll sort it out in the end. Um, and you just let them grow together and then let Jesus sort it out. I think, like, and it's so important for us to realize that though, though it's not perfect, like, though it's messy, though the lady whose sores are healed is still on dialysis, Okay? you know it's like even like in that there is such a privilege for us to walk in life and who knows what god might want to do in the future maybe that's the blessing of faith that she needed to you know to ask for total healing when she never even thought of that as a possibility no matter what you think about the birds perching in the branches don't lose sight of the fact that the Holy Spirit is growing his church from little seeds in the ground planted by us that we get to play a part. And if that's not exciting, I don't know, I don't know what is. You know, it's not... You know, and it, ah, it's just such a wonderful picture. We don't have to save the whole world. Let's just plant a seed in our garden. and see the kingdom come. You guys want to stand with me? (sighs) Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is uh, burning something in some of your hearts right now. It's like there's a... Fire and it um and maybe maybe some of you are not feeling anything, but you'd like to. And I just encourage you, like if you're feeling excited and stirred by this, again continue dialogue with the Holy Spirit. We need He's the spark of life. He's the wisdom we need to see our opportunities. He's all the things that we need. If you feel that burning, just say yes to him and and ask him to fill you with that excitement as not just when you're here, but as you walk through the grocery store or in the metro parks or wherever it is that you're walking, that you would be filled with... Jesus, I pray that we would be filled with the excitement of the everyday mustard seed that springs to life and blesses the nations. The more you see, the seeds sprout up, the more you will believe that they can grow the next time. And it's, a, it's the upward spiral, I call it. <laughs> it's like it, just, it can just keep on getting better. And if you, man, if you don't, uh, if you feel fear in that, just, just think of your own garden. Nothing, nothing bad can happen from a seed going in the ground, really. And some of you, God is wanting to show you where your garden is right now. Um, And so I pray, Jesus, that you would reveal to our hearts where that is and what you want us to do. What is the gospel seed that needs to be planted? I want to challenge you guys that if God is speaking to your heart in any of this, or if you need, I mean, we want to pray for anything, like if you need healing or if you need God to, like, minister to you in some way, but especially if God is challenging your heart through the mustard seed, that you would respond. And, you know, I'll be up front here, you can come talk to me, or you can find someone that's next to you, but whatever it is, if whether it's God revealing to you where your garden is, or whether he's... Um, stirring excitement in you, I challenge you to tell somebody about it. Don't let it just be inside you. Let it be something that you care that we carry together. Okay, so find somebody. Um, yeah, find somebody. Maybe someone that's not a family member, but you know, we don't want to push it too far. <laughs> um, and and just respond to that, okay, guys? I would love to pray for anyone or pray with you and say yes and bless whatever God is doing in you, and I know there's others up here that would love to, or just find anybody that, that you can, and just respond to that. Maybe John can turn some music on and just be willing to respond, okay? And if you need to go get your kids, um, you're not being unspiritual to go get your kids. You're blessing the children's ministry workers. I challenge you to have, if you need to share something, share it with your kids and see what happens. Let them pray for you. They get it. They know about faith, and they understand that seeds go in and then grow. Okay? So, um, guys, I bless you this week. Um, May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may he always turn his face towards you and give you peace amen all right let's let's uh, respond together okay